All right, welcome to Friday, February 10th with Cirillo. You know, the day where Paul rolled out one day after Cirillo got in his new seat. We're talking about JD Power, some BYD stuff, and Dick's Sporting Goods doing automotive. The people really want to know who I is and who I be. They I'm telling you, when they see me. all these other retailers, they're going to start to realize that auto was really ahead, you know? Okay, maybe we stole a playbook out of <laughs> Apple. Whatever. Fine. Whatever. Cirillo, how it you doing this morning, fun. sir? B- excellent. Busy did you get day, lots of messages? Did you get thirty three thousand text messages? Like, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. Text <laughs> messages, LinkedIn messages, mess- Facebook Messenger messages, and messages. Messengers? This is this is the wild one to me. The Facebook Messenger messages. I, yeah. I like someone messages me on that, and thirty three days later, I respond. I'm like, sorry, I'm not a bad human. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't prioritize. I go to Facebook for Marketplace and because my neighborhood has a delightful trading post group where they post things. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and actually the only reason why you you just need a laugh every once in a while, you go to the neighborhood thing, you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. You get into Messenger and you're like, oh, dang, I got all the, what, the, the president of France reached out to me? What? <laughs> that's great. It. That's so good. Hey, uh, we've got a lot going on in the Asoduverse. This is, you know, if you didn't hear yesterday, Michael's joined us as uh, our new chief of staff. He hasn't left Flex Dealer, uh, but he's integrated in the team, and we're excited to, to see what that brings in, in a little trifecta between myself, Paul, and him, and then and then supporting the rest of the, what, 12-person team that we have now, and, and uh, we're moving and, and growing. Um, if you haven't uh, held out some dates, you got to put April 5th on your calendar. You got to put September 25th to the 27th on the calendar um, because we're going to be running all over uh, the country with Team Asotu. Um, But we just seriously, we got to get into it because we got all things used cars coming up in just a little bit with David Long. Uh, David Long's all things used cars and and we're talking sales teams this morning. So um, we say we get into the news unless you got anything. All right, here we go. So uh, first story, Lexus takes back the top spot for dependability while Kia uh, who was the top last year dropped to third overall uh, even though they maintained their top spot in the mass market brands uh, it, we we wanted to segment a couple other little things like the most dependable model both in the Lexus Toyota brand you got the Lexus RX with the top spot tied with the Lex or the Toyota CHR uh, and then in the compact SUV which is one of the largest growing segments in the in the world right now and in the country the Kia Sport followed by the Buick Envision and the Jeep Cherokee rounded out that compact SUV category. Now, the way that J.D. Power looks at this is they they look at a per 100 vehicle issues reported um, and responses uh, range anywhere from the low 120s all the way up to uh, the mid 200s problems per 100 vehicles. So you're looking at like anywhere between 1.2 to 2.5 problems per one vehicle um and uh lexus not a surprise hitting that top spot again cirilla hey well you know what when you figure out how to do a thing you just keep doing it over and over and over again right like if it ain't broke don't fix it yep yeah it's it's uh something that obviously lexus and toyota have led for a lot of years and we see them leading in not just overall but also market segments um the the automotive news article that we cited uh stated that information technology is continuing to be a sticking point for automakers um which still has 
twice as many problems as the next largest category vehicle exterior. So it's like IT uh, stuff is the biggest issue. And then, and then you go to like body stuff and the things that manufacturers should be really good at. So I don't know if you know this about me, but I got some opinions about automakers and information technology systems. <laughs> Do you know that? Uh, I don't know that, but I, I could assume <laughs> that you've had opinions about it, but you know what? It makes sense. Like I had this conversation with one of my my team members at Flex the other day, and as we're developing new products, I'm like, if it's not beautiful, people will not use it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what kind of phone do you use? He's like, <laughs> iPhone. I'm like, why? Right? It was like a very simple conversation. Yep. If it's not beautiful, and I'm with you because one of the things that 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 grinds my gears about my beloved Silverado is that its infotainment system sucks. Oh, man, I'm telling so you what. So bad. It's bad. Yeah, I was... So bad. Ah, oh, man. Like, we were in a... Uh, what were we in last week? An expedition, I think, and with a dealer. And, and basically, in order to change the air, like move the air, it was four button clicks just to start that. And, and, the, and the person that was driving it was like, I used to just be able to like hit one button and turn down the air, right? But now I got to like hit this, hit that, so wait for it to load, slide it down. Um, and I, information technology is not, just not the strong suit of automakers. Like they need to lean. And that's why I love like the Honda Sony partnership. That's why I love people leaning into making sure that Apple CarPlay and Android Auto work better and more seamlessly because just not everybody's into IT. Now there is one brand that is into IT and that's Tesla. But here's what's crazy. This year's study included Tesla owner responses for the first time and Tesla scored 242 problems per 100 vehicle, which would put them basically dead last. Well, this is what happens when you're a software maker. This is why people don't get the latest version of uh, Apple OS right away or yep. the, you know, like you need a, you need a group of beta testers and automakers are going to, I think they're going to get to a place where they're like, wait, we need beta testers on our cars before Whoa. we roll out new vehicle. Oh, I see, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I like it. I like it. Uh, Tesla still uh, continues to remain unranked because they just won't let JD Power have access to a lot of user data that would help them get there in the rankings. Uh, and... Yeah, if you're a Lexus or Toyota dealership, I bet you're sitting a little pretty this morning. Uh, but uh, one automaker is not sitting so pretty. Stop. Segway. Time. Just recently, it has been announced that Berkshire Hathaway has sold off a large portion of their shares in Chinese EV automaker BYD. Initially, they invested uh, 228 million shares for $232 million. Uh, the sale lowered Berkshire's Hathaway, Berkshire Hathaway's holdings from 12.26 to 11.87 in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And uh, yeah, now they've sold off over ninety-five million million of its original shares, um, which I just think is like it's we're, we've seen this from a, a few different places. And obviously, Berkshire Hathaway is is a big investor, but also has a lot of ties to auto. They have an auto group, uh, and then also is playing in the in the sandbox of these OEMs. But to see, you know. To see Warren Buffett's company go, I'm not quite as sure now mm. of these of these EV automakers and their viability 
long term. I think it, it's just like an insights that might be leading to a path of more people that were, I mean, we've been talking about it all week, dealers and OEMs starting to question more the EV landscape. It's, you know what, this, this just maps back to everything we already know about our human nature, which is when something new comes out, when are we going to just shut up and observe before we all open right. our dang yaps? Chat GPT, EVs, You know, it's like everything. And I mean, we see this, we see this all the time and it's like, well, hold on. But what happens when we just, just observe for a minute and, and think about what the implications of this before we all jump on the hype bandwagon and, yep. and. Yeah, I was actually talking to uh, Scott Simons uh, last night, and one of the manufacturers that that he has the uh, uh, the pleasure of, of of being a part of uh, with his group of brands there in the Valley. Um, it, they they had a meeting, and and they were basically like, "Hey, don't worry, we've got plans, but we're taking this steady, and we realize that the ground game right now is important, so we are still like." depending on dealers and, and staying like close to the ground and, and asking you to give us the feedback so that we can make quality plans as an OEM on what's happening on the ground. And I was like, yo, yeah. oh, okay. this, this may or may not be one of those OEMs that a lot of people want to have in their repertoire as groups. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You know what I would really love to see though, from the Berkshire Hath Hathaway umbrella is a is a purer integration between all of their properties. Like if they're going to be in vehicles, then I want to open up the glove box and have an unlimited supply of Burger King burgers <laughs> and a Pepsi machine while, while towing like a forest river trailer. <laughs> just like greater integration of all of their properties. Yeah. You're like, why should it, why, you know, they should just put Burger Kings in all the stores, you know, just, yeah, just exactly. be done with it. Right. Yeah, Burger King and a Taco Bell and like a KFC and and Pepsi Cola and and trailers like the ultimate yeah. playground. Yeah, just create like a little auto mall, but all that stuff exists as well. It's a genius play. It's a genius play. Well, speaking of organized partnerships, segue time. Dick Sporting Goods in 2022 created a relationship with a company called Sideline Swap, uh, which allowed them to start with 60 trade-in events across the U.S., allowing uh, uh, their their buyers and purchasers to trade in their used uh, gear, similar to like a Play It Again Sports did back in the day, and is still there, uh, and and get credits or donate their credits uh, to buy new gear or donate it to uh, someone that may need it more than them. Uh, right now, athletes can exchange their used sports gear, gear and get gift cards uh, or uh, donate to local sports organizations. And um, then anything that doesn't qualify for trade-in can be donated or recycled responsibly. This, for me, Cirillo, is like, a little play out of the automotive trade cycle management playbook. Like we're going to throw a big trade in event. Right. Um, but what I love is that it gives you like multiple ways to engage with it and, and potentially resource others to, to be able to get into something. It's like this charitable donation, but trade cycle management and getting people out of their used gear into their new gear. Um, and, and I think like wrapping that into the auto ecosystem is really important. Yeah. This this is a play out of the genius marketer handbook because it, like you said, it incorporates gamification. And I mean, we all love a good game. 
yep. uh, it incorporates service of the community and giving back. So there's an emotional response. And we know that's the, the highest level of marketing sophistication is when you can induce an emotional response. So they got that. And then, like you said, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a play out of just like trade cycle management and out with the old in with the new repurpose, the old, make it new for someone else and on and on and on we go. So it's genius. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting. They're doing, they're moving to 19 States and 200 events. So just, just the thought here for me is like, Hey, dealers, the reality is, is that people are starting to get much more used to trade cycle management requests as far as like marketing campaigns are concerned, either from even from major retailers, right? Phones have been kind of used to this for quite some time now since the early 2000s, but we're starting to see, you know, trade in be a, a typical term in more retail outlets. So it's an opportunity to really lean into that consumer perception that trading in is good, that it's a regular part of things that I do with everything and going, hey, maybe we just start to throw events again centered around trade-in and less around sales, especially as the used vehicle market gets constrained, acquiring vehicles gets harder. Maybe, you know, targeting trade-in and trade-in events are something that people are getting used to outside of the auto vertical. And so it's easy to bring it back and, and continue to press into it in the retail vertical. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Makes total sense. That's why we got to be paying attention. We got to be paying attention to the out and the in of the industry because all of this kind of stuff is happening every day all around us. And those that pay attention get the food in the belly. There you go. Hey, I just gave you the little, uh, the, the little last word there. Hey, pay attention. Watch other verticals. Keep your feet to the ground. Look up, look down, and keep serving people today. Let's go. 